these tears are all in my face. And I'm wiping my tears away. The next thing I see is a crumbled up napkin on the passenger seat of my car right. yeah. with an address to a church called Christian Culture Center. Mm. And I went to that church, and then 36 days later, after reading the Bible, 35, 37 days later, I gave my life to Jesus. Hi. Dude, come on, man. You're going to do that voice. <laughs> Hi, everyone. We're happy. Sam Bernstein got <laughs> no, me $7,400. Okay. Go. So my Three, we? two, one. No, we did start already. We're not going to start off your three, two, one. What up, though? My name is oh, Pastor man. Kyle. You overcorrected. I'm from you overcorrected. D. That's where I grew up. Detroit, 313. What up, though? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Let's try it again. Three, two, nope. one. We're hey, welcome to Funny How Life Works. Hello, everyone. Welcome. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. You should hey. engineer for People don't hey. know you're an engineer. That's that. By that time, I went to Hillsong in Germany, and the translator kept saying, is the English translation. He's like, hey, 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 welcome. Uh, hey, small group. Hey. <laughs> I was like, dude. That is hilarious. You cannot be saying hey that That much. is great. Welcome to Funny How Life Works, where we use funny to help you understand how life works. I am Michael Jr. Some might refer to me as Michael. This is Kyle Ray, Pastor Kyle, sometimes known as Pacal. Mm. If you see him somewhere, just walk up to him. Ask me if you can exchange phone numbers. <laughs> oh, see. Wow. Wow. Great dude. Awesome. Uh, lead pastor of Scent Church in Plano, Texas. If you are ever anywhere near Texas, it's a small state. Mm-hmm. Check out ScentChurch.cc. I right. highly recommend it. It's a great place to visit. And Only for a moment. Come on. We got Plano campus and a Flower Mound campus. There's a, there's a Flower Mound ca- near campus airport. too. There's a, there's a bunch of, there's a mound of flowers. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and then you also planted a church. You planted Blueprint yeah. Church. Blueprint Community Church in Garland. They should be our non-sponsor sponsors today. I agree. We already talked about this, didn't we? we I did. love them. They're Absolutely. awesome. Blueprint Community Church. Our non-sponsor sponsor is Blueprint yeah. Community Church. What you do is you start out at Blueprint Community, and then you go to a university church after that. So today we're going to talk about a great book. <laughs> and you might be wondering what you could learn from me, a co-host, you, a comedic thought leader and author and uh-huh. podcaster. Yeah. You might be wondering, what could you learn from us about life from with, with those ingredients? <laughs> You're about to find out. Okay. I love this podcast. You'll be laughing out loud and all of a sudden, boom, something that can really help you drops in your lap. I like it because I unexpectedly learn about life. It is so funny. I get to laugh and learn about life at the same time. I like listening to Funny How Life Works with the car of my parents. <laughs> with the car in my parents okay. we got a question that came in yeah you leave questions sometimes when you leave comments and your comments are a big deal we really want you to leave your comments please 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 leave comments because it just helps more people this helps the podcast reach more people somebody probably is in a place where they really could use a laugh or some encouragement or to learn a little more about life and we're offering all of that so simply by leaving a comment or subscribing or whatnot you can help with this podcast reach more people so please do that in fact here's a question that we got already yeah the question is do christian men not initiate anymore or is it just me my friend group of gals all seem to run into the same issues with christian guys keeping us as options until someone else comes along Ooh. wow that's like a question and an observation it is, is it just I mean, a- you've been single more recently than me so <sighs> 
Did you yeah, stop yeah. initiating you're, at some point? You're more selfish. So here's what <laughs> here's what I think might be happening, right? The guys, I, I can't really speak for the, well, I could speak for the guys. There's something that happens to a woman. If you're really, really a Christian, you're really walking close with God, there's almost like a, a, a guy would say, maybe you said this before, when you were out there doing your thing before you were a pastor, when you were a heathen. <laughs> Let me ask you, have you ever approached a woman or seen a woman? Because, you know, we both, you, you were out there at high, I mean, uh, college and whatever. Mm -hmm. Do you ever remember approaching a woman and thinking to yourself, nah, that's wife material right there? As opposed to the material that you would have preferred at that juncture in your life. Was there ever a, a thought around that? Okay, yeah. There, there was Meaning some, she's there, too good for what I got cracking right now. Yeah, but it was often in the context of she's probably so good, she's probably already taken. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. So mm -hmm. what's probably happening is you have such a strong relationship with God. The guys who aren't really about that, they don't have the courage to approach God's daughter. So chances are is you're doing something right, but maybe you just need to find a different pool where there's men who are really up to your level. You know, it's interesting because it's kind of a two-part question. On the one hand, she's asking, do Christian men initiate anymore, which speaks to yes. what you just described. But then the second, op the observation part was Christian men are keeping women as options in terms of not committing, right? So there's, do they initiate? There's two questions. And then there's like, do they commit? I would say, uh, just which is proof that she's in the wrong pool. Well, because also, if, if it's a dude keeping you as an option, and and at the same time he's not approaching you, that means that means he's of the wrong mindset for sure. Absolutely. I mean, a hundred percent for sure. You just got to find it. You're in the wrong tank. And if a guy's running around saying he's a Christian but he's doing that, that's a discipleship problem. Yeah. Right. Like that. I mean, it gets into the ministry that you and your wife do. Funny um, how marriage works. Yeah, funny how marriage works. And and really a lot of what you do is so focused on, when you get married, it's like this commitment for a lifetime, even if conflict brings growth. Absolutely. And so when you're dating, you're a Christian man, you got you know these women that you're keeping as options. For some, it's not wanting to take the steps of growth or deal with the growth issues that are needed by being committed, right? Commitment wow. is scary. And it's going to cause growth, but I don't want to grow. Yeah. I, you know, like a lot of people just it's don't going, want it's to grow. Gonna hurt, right, it's right. going to hurt. It's going to hurt to grow. And so I would just say for the Christian women, that's not, I don't know if that's anything to lament about. It's something to run from, actually. Absolutely. Right? See, here's what I like to say. Women, if you're a Christian and you're dating a guy, you go out on a date with him, do not, hear me out, don't tell him you're a Christian. Like, just don't. Just don't tell him you're a Christian. Because he's going to go into... Absolutely. Super that Christian brother going to start, he going to start <laughs> quoting scripture. Quoting scripture. <laughs> Second Romans says, don't tell him you're a Christian. I know this sounds weird, but hear me out. Don't tell him you're a Christian. What you do instead is you listen for the first, you listen for the first five subjects. I'm going to want to say four, but I'm going to get that brother five subjects that he initiates. What are the topics that he brings up? Let's say Absolutely. he talks about his car. Okay. That's one. Let's say then he talks about his mom. That's two. Then he talks about his job. He got two more opportunities. I would really stop at three. He got two more opportunities to bring up God in the conversation. If he doesn't bring up God, here's what you say. You say, excuse me, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And you won't be lying, but you just go to the bathroom at your house. Like you just leave the restaurant. <laughs> because here's the thing. <laughs> if a man is not bringing up his relationship with mm -hmm. God, he will bring yours down. So I know this is going to prompt a very practical question for those that use dating sites. 
are you saying that they shouldn't, that women shouldn't put it in their profile that they're Christians? Because if they don't, Mm -hmm. they might not attract the Christian men that are really only looking for Christian women. Mm -hmm. But if they do, then they've given it away right up front. So that is a great question. And it is, um, it's exceedingly and abundantly brilliant. What did I just do right there? I just used some phrasing in there <laughs> that will allow you to know where I'm standing without <laughs> without force feeding it to you. That's right. There's yeah. there's a way to if you have to say it, you're not displaying it. Mm. So there's a different way to yeah. approach it completely. That's true. Otherwise, that dude gonna show up with a white collar on, with with, with a preacher collar That's on. He's gonna be like, "Hey, how are you? Uh, the Lord, you know, the Lord yeah. spoke to me about you, and yeah. you're gonna be my wife." Let's, and, let's go have sex. And what you could be saying is if you don't put it on your profile, but you trust the Holy Spirit to bring the right people to you, actually not putting Christian in your profile maybe requires more faith than putting Christian That's in your profile. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. L- like, let those words speak. Let, like, from your heart, write what God is telling you to write down there and watch what he does. Just trust yeah, him. Because otherwise your agenda is going to show up. All right. That is dope. All right. Well, today we have, we're going to continue the story. You're our guest today. (laughs) You're the host and the guest. Pretty cool, huh? Wear multiple hats. We want to continue the story. We we couldn't get anybody else. We were talking about chapter eight in your book, The Meatballs, 1997 Lumina Drive. Mm -hmm. We got all the way to the point. Where you knew that if you went to New Jersey, you might not be able to get back if George Wallace didn't pay you. So let me set it up just for those in case this is the first time you heard this episode. Mm -hmm. So in 2001, I was, I was homeless living in my car. Uh, really no money and I had an opportunity while living in New York. I didn't have enough money to leave New York and I didn't have mon- enough money to live in New York. So I ended up in my car and I had an opportunity to do a show with George Wallace in New Jersey. So I'm sitting in the den, passenger seat, or yeah, I'm in the passenger seat of my car doing math and I figured if I did the show with George Wallace and he never said that he would pay me, if I did the show with George Wallace, I would, I could potentially go to New Jersey and not have a way back because there's an $8 tow charge to get back. And I only had a $1.60 to my name after driving, eating a meatball sub and getting to the show. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what to do. So I decided after not praying, because I didn't know God, mm. to go to New Jersey. Mm. And I didn't know what was going to happen from there. Mm. So this is kind of where we're picking the story. We like are that. picking this up. And so you go to New Jersey. Uh-huh. What happens next? I'm scared. Like, I'm 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 scared. I parked my car way down the street because I would save gas if I'm closer to New York and I couldn't pay for parking. So I remember walking up to the club, getting closer and closer, and this big bouncer dude is outside the club. I'm talking about this big swole. It must it was like it was like uh Terry Cruz's uncle. Like it was a big <laughs> swole dude. He had a gold chain around his neck. And he was a bouncer. Yeah. And he's standing at the door. And he has so much bass in his voice. Like, all oh, this bass. He was like, can I help you? And he has so much bass. His bass actually took my bass away. He was like, can I help you? I was like, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, George, Wallace, right George Wallace said uh, I, could come, I could come do a show with him. I could come do a show with him. And this isn't just a show. I find out later. Anyway, so I'm afraid. Like, And this dude says this. And he won't let me in. He's like, who? I said, I'm uh, uh, Michael Jr. And then, he, and then he says this. He said, oh, yeah, 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 Mike Jr., Mike Jr. And he opens the door. But Kyle, I can't tell you 
there was something so powerful about that moment when he said my name and opened the door. Mm. There was just something, now, like, especially at that point, like, I don't have anyone. We're going to do the sermon illustration right now, like, dude, man. That's so powerful. Like, he knew your name, and he you opened the door. Look, dude, Jesus, he yeah. knows your name, Ooh. and he's opened the door. Goodness Come on, gracious. like, altar call right now, give your life to Jesus. Right, anyway. and I ain't even know, I ain't know nothing about Jesus at this point. So right. this dude, lets me. he lets me in the club. I walk down these stairs, and, and all these beautiful people are there. And they got something, and I see something I hadn't seen in a while, and I realized it. These people had forks and knives. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, dude, but I hadn't seen a fork and a knife, like a silver one, in a long time. Mm. I'm homeless, living in my car, breaking meatball subs in yeah, half, right. saving, eating one in the morning and saving one for the evening. Mm. And I go there, and, you know, it's George Wallace. His best friend is Jerry Seinfeld. Man, we did, we did two shows, and I got, like, two standing ovations. And I smashed it, man. I had a great, like I was, the show was phenomenal. But remember, I still don't know if he's going to pay me. That's right. And I don't, without that money, I can't get back into New York City. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do if he doesn't pay me. Right. So the show is over and people are leaving. And there's, um, like, George Wallace is gone. Seinfeld's not there. Everybody's gone, right? And then uh, the audience is gone. There's some waiters left. But I'm thinking the manager's the one. He the one who's going to pay me, right? Mm -hmm. And the manager walks over to me. He's making a beeline. It's clear to me this dude is coming to walk and say something to me. Like, this, we, we about to have a whole conversation. Right. And this dude walks up to me, makes eye contact with me. He says, Michael, you had a great set. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. Great set. Like, in New York, like I said, they'll pay you $8 a show, maybe $10, $12 a mm. show. I don't know what they pay in New Jersey. Mm. Am I gonna get twenty dollars? That's right. Per show, like I don't. This is a nice audience, but I don't know. It don't matter. I need this money. Yeah. And this dude says to me, "Hey, Michael." Um. He said, "You had a really great set. You're really funny." He said, "Would you like to go to church with me tomorrow?" That's what he said. <laughs> and I was thinking, church. <laughs> what church? And my first thought that I couldn't articulate until later. My first instinct was I had this thought this feeling of man back up you're making my feet hurt mm. now the reason I had that thought is because the last time I went to church as a child my grandmother she used to force me to go to church and she would take these and my shoes were like two or three sizes too small my mm. grandma had this thing called a shoehorn oh yeah and if your foot don't fit now it do yeah, now. so yeah. my toes are balled up in these hard shoes and church lasts at least six hours mm. so I I said, I'm thinking to myself, back up, you make my feet hurt, which didn't even make sense at the time, but I'm going to break down to you as to why it makes sense now. So then I just politely said to him, nah, that's okay, man. I don't, I don't think I want to go to church. And this dude walks off. Yeah, there's no money. There's no money in that exchange. <laughs> Maybe you should have said yes. Dude, he said no. And I'm like, what? Now I'm done. Yeah. There ain't nobody going to pay me no money. Mm -hmm. I don't know where I'm going. Right. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have a plan. So I'm like, now it's time to leave because I'm loitering. So I'll decide to go to the bathroom because the one in my apartment don't exist. Right. I'm going to use right. the bathroom before I get to my car. Mm -hmm. And I go into the uh, bathroom and actually I grab some peanuts off the little, the, the, the bar first because I'm, I'm, I'm like a squirrel That's stacking right. up. Yep. And uh, I go into the bathroom and then when I come out, there's this woman there and you ever see the movie? where 
the lights come on the woman. That's right. And she all beautiful. Yeah. And like the lights is on her and her hair blowing in the wind. But it was but she was black, so her hair it wasn't blowing that much. It was just it was just anyway. And this woman, she was beautiful, beautiful. Pales in comparison to my wife now. But I didn't I didn't know my wife. Did. I mean, beautiful. And she says to me, she said, I am the uh the club manager. I'm I'm his fiance. I thought she said she was Beyonce. And I believed it. <laughs> she was beautiful. Beautiful. And she had this accent. And I won't forget. She said, Did you talk to my to my fiance? I was like, Are you Beyonce? What'd you say? And then she said that she said, Would you like to go to church with us? And I looked at her and I said, I was just looking for a church the other day. <laughs> and I go, and she invites me to this church. And I'm like, Yes, I want to go to church. I didn't know pretty people went to church. Yeah. At my grandmother's church, they weren't pretty in the slightest. <laughs> Let's see. I didn't even think it was a requirement. If you're fine, why you got to go to church? You all good. You already got everything you need. That's what I, like, I didn't know. I had no concept <laughs> for this at all. So she invites me, and then and then I'm. she's all beautiful. This music is playing still, but it's not really playing because she's so fine. And she writes the address to this church on this napkin, mm. and she hands it to me. And I look at the napkin, and it's a New York City address. Yeah, how you going to get there? And everything came crashing down, mm. like in a moment, dude. She walks off. I take this napkin, I put it in my bag. I'm like, I can't go to church. I can't even get to New York City. Like, I can't. Like, I don't know where I'm going when I walk out this door. Mm. Such a good place to be. So, so I walk out, man, and I'm walking, and I'm just done. And I can feel myself about to explode in tears. But I'm holding them in because. I don't know who's around me. I don't know what, like, I'm. so I'm walking down the street and I'm about to just explode in tears. And as I'm leaving the club and I'm bending the corner to walk down the sidewalk, I hear a voice and it's like, yo, Mike Jr. And it's the big bouncer dude. And I turn and look and I can see in his eyes that he now has a different level of respect for me. Like I can tell that they're, like there's, like we're equals now where before he was looking down at me mm -hmm. emotionally in every other way, I suppose it's just being a bigger dude. Yeah. And we're about to approach each other. And I could tell we about to slap hands. Like, we don't, you know, because black people, we don't got to talk. We're about yeah, to give yeah. a oh, yeah. slap hands. Yeah. Some of my white friends are like, hey, high five, buddy. Like, you got to announce it. <laughs> we didn't We didn't have to announce it. So we're walking up. And I know there's going to be a big slap because this dude is big. And I'm walking up and I'm getting ready and I'm bracing myself for the slap. And I know it's going to be big. And we go in and we slap. But the slap's not that loud. Yeah. And we bring it in for the half hug. And I notice while we're doing the hug, this dude is exchanging some money in my hand. Mm -hmm. And that's why the slap wasn't that loud. Yeah. And remember, right before this, I was about to break out in tears. Now the emotions have shift, shifted to gratitude because I know he's putting money in my hand and I start getting emotional, getting ready to cry, but I'm still hugging this big dude. Yeah, I can't be crying while I'm hugging this dude. He's going to be like, yo, you the one. Like, I don't, <laughs> so, so I slowly back up. And I'm holding in tears, and he says to me, George Wallace said to give you a little something, something. Cause that was when that, that phrase was out. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I don't, and I was like, oh, thanks, man. And I'm holding in, and, and I don't look, right? right? Cause you can't look. That's right. It's just weird. You look. No, what did he tell you to give me? Like, you can't look. <laughs> That's right. So I'm holding it in my hand, man, and I start walking. I'm walking, and I'm uh, walking to my car, and I still got all these emotions. I don't know what to do with them. And I go to my car, and I set all my stuff on the passenger seat, and I'm sitting in the driver's seat, and I'm like, okay, so wow, what? Like, what if this is, is it two tens? I could feel it's two. I still ain't open my hands. I'm having this conversation. Is it two twenties? What do they do in New Jersey? I don't even know what they do. And I open my hands, man, and I and and one at a time, I open my hands, and the first sound I hear, this is how I mentioned it in the book, is my tears 
crashing down on two hundred dollar bills. That's awesome. And I'm done. Yeah. Like I'm done, done, Mm -hmm. done. And as these tears are all in my face, I'm wiping my tears away. The next thing I see is a crumbled up napkin on the passenger seat of my car with an address to a church called Mm. Christian Culture Center. Mm. And I went to that church, and then 36 days later, after reading the Bible, 35, 37 days later, I gave my life to Jesus. That's where I got, that is where I got saved at. Yeah. That's awesome. Dude, like, it was. You need a real clap there. Wow. Like, like, thanks. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, man. Probably, it's funny how life works. It's, it's funny like, how life works. Good. You tell that story so well in chapter eight of your book. Mm-hmm. And I think in terms of spiritual principles, you got to rock bottom. Like you got to a point in that yeah. club coming out of that bathroom where what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. I could tell by, I could tell Pacal about to go off. What he's about to say about to be so powerful so I'm going to let that be the off-the-cuff moment, and I'm going to put an insert in here that I want people to grab because he's about to bring it. I'm going to let you close this thing out. Okay. So there was a point where my first thought when I was invited to church was when 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 the manager invited me, he said, would you like to go to church? And my first thought was, back up, you're making my feet hurt. Oh, yeah. And I didn't understand it at the time. But now doing all of this work I'm doing and the research and really listening to God, here's what was actually happening. When he invited me to church, I was uncomfortable with that invitation. I was very uncomfortable. I didn't want to go, but I articulated in a way to say, back up, you're making my feet hurt, which came from when I was a child. I had to wear those shoes. My grandmother's awesome. I love my grandmother. It's not her fault. We didn't have a lot of money, but I wore these shoes that were so painful whenever I would go to church. So my brain had a negative neural association attached to going to church, meaning church meant pain. But we know that that's not actually true. Tight shoes meant pain, but my brain had associated with church means pain. So from that point on, whenever someone would approach me with church or the Bible or talking about God, I would have I would become uncomfortable. But I wasn't sensitive enough to know it was really just a memory from the last time I was in church. So I would repel whenever someone approached me talking about God or talking about Jesus. Chances are some of the listeners right now, some of you watching right now, there's something you don't like about church people or there's something you don't like about God or there's something weird, but you never got curious enough to find it in your body to get a feel for what that thing might actually be mm-hmm. because your body will actually st- store that in memory to protect you later on. And that's what was happening with me. I don't know. Had I known that before, I probably could have made this shift in my life so much more earlier, but it wasn't until I made a, I made a shift. There's only two reasons you do anything in life to avoid pain or to gain pleasure. Mm. When that woman approached me and she was beautiful, the pleasure was like, well, I didn't even know this was an opportunity. Plus I was in a place where I was broken. I needed something more. So I was trying to avoid the pain of the brokenness I felt. And then I pushed through and went, but it all, the thing that was keeping me was something from my past. There may be something from your past that's keeping you from moving forward the way that you need to with with God. And I don't want that to stop you anymore. I just, I really, really don't. Good. Well, I I just feel like that should be the off the cuff moment. No, but that's okay. (laughs) Because where I want to go, there's like, there's multiple themes. The off the cuff moment I'll go off the cuff on is this idea of not ignoring, not ignoring what? Not ignoring the invitations to church. You know, you were at rock bottom and these two invitations come your way and it would have been easy to tell yourself a lot of lies. I'm not worthy. I don't have the resources. There's no way that a church like that could ever want me. Mm. 
but God showed up in a supernatural way to where you couldn't ignore it. You couldn't ignore it. Right. But the other don't ignore is we know the story of Michael Jr. because you wrote a book. You don't name the club manager and his wife in that book. Mm. It's like we know your name, but we don't know their names. But these were people who didn't ignore a prompting from God to invite you to church. It's like we too often say no for people because we assume that they're going to say no to the invitation. But these people allowed themselves to be used by God when you were at your lowest point and it led to life change for you 36 wow. days later. Clean. So this idea of not ignoring, I would just say to those who are listening, there are nudges and promptings from God, whether you're on the mountaintop or in the valley that we should not ignore. And I would just encourage you to lean in today and listen for what God might be nudging you to do in the midst of whatever situation you're in. That's the off the cuff moment for today. Wow. It is funny how life works. You know what I think is so funny about that chapter that, you know, I've never thought of before. So many parents of like teenage boys, when their kids starts getting interested in youth group, they start to wonder, are they just going to youth group for the girls? Or are they going because of God? Yes. Right. <laughs> it's like, yes, you get this invitation from this lady and you said it. You said it in the book, you've said it from stages. It was something about her beauty. Absolutely. I was intrigued. I was like, what? And you so, go to church? Sometimes we get caught up on, are they there for the right reasons? We need to squash that because if Jesus is being proclaimed, even if they're not there for the right reasons, eventually they will be there. Oh, 100%. For the right when I got to church that day, that next day when I went or whatever that weekend, I couldn't even find them people. They wasn't there. But this music was playing that I have never even witnessed before. Mm -hmm. And as I'm listening to this music, tears just start to flow. Like I, they just start to dump. And I can't not cry no more. Yeah. Like it just it's like I'm getting cleansed like crazy. So whatever God had to put on the hook to catch the fish, cool with me. Like he like you gotta like you gotta use the bait that the people coming after. And the like it was so doggone amazing. Yeah. So refreshing. And I'm so glad I made that decision. I hope that people will pick up your book. Um they can get it on Amazon. They can yeah. get it. You can go to MichaelJerry.com and get it too. Amazon be tripping sometimes. <laughs> All right. And uh, they want to be a sponsor. Yeah. Or they can come to a live event. You typically have books at the live events. Yeah, that that's true. Do, We're right? doing a funny how marriage works events. We're doing uh just just go to MichaelJerry.com. You can check out where we're doing live events. And then also we have a, a free uh resource that we want to get into your hands. Completely free. But yeah. If you want to send us some money, you can. I don't know how you do that. But. <laughs> so just go to um MichaelJerry.com slash four things. And it's four things you can do. Marriage-wise, four things you can do to improve your marriage right now, mm. for real. And listen, if you are moved to the point where you're like, hey, what is this relationship with God stuff all about? I'd highly recommend you check out some of Pacal's messages at sentchurch.cc. And then if you want to, just find get a little more about this. Just Google. I don't know why I'm just adding this. Google Michael Jr. and Gateway. There's some messages that I've yeah. done at Gateway yep. Church yep. that kind of walks through this whole thing in a really cool way. So just Google Michael Jr. Gateway and then see what pops up and watch one of those messages. Can I just say thank you for sharing yeah. the story of like, yeah, thank you, uh, of being homeless, living in your car. There are people that just think they are not worthy of God's love. In that moment, man, to 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 have you dive into the emotions that you were feeling, mm. 
like this, these decisions that you had to make. I just think it's powerful. That vulnerability means a lot. And to see that God still met you there, it's got to be helpful for somebody to know that God still sees you wherever you are right now. Boom. Awesomeness. Praise God. Thank you. We're done. 